morning everybody, Thursday 13th of January and we survived last night, we survived that US CPI number, a record number at the headline plus 7.0% and month on month up 5.5% year on year which was a little bit higher than expected but interestingly the month-on-month or the pace of month-on-month inflation declined. And there are suggestions from strategists that inflation has now peaked, in which case the Fed might actually make a mistake if they go and raise interest rates too quickly from here, only to find inflation tails off. So the market's quite relaxed about record inflation in the U.S., Bond yields came off the top. The US dollar hit a two-year low. Currencies go up when interest rates go up. So the currency is telling you that it is not too concerned about a long-term rise in interest rates. And interestingly, the bond market is predicting a peak on US interest rates at 1.5% in the third quarter of 2024, which is a lot lower than in previous tightening cycles. So... Yes, inflation is rampant, but it is a supply chain COVID-related squeeze that is expected to peak. And on the basis, or on that basis, no one's too fussed about the Fed rushing into rate rises. And the Fed said in their minutes last week that they haven't made a decision on raising rates yet. And it does look like they are going to stay on top of inflation and have got themselves not necessarily ahead of the curve, but from the market's point of view, less behind the curve than they were. Bottom line, US market did okay last night. Dow up 38, having been down 84 at one point. NASDAQ up a bit. Tech stocks liking the fall in bond yields. And for the Australian market, it is a resources bonanza. Oil price, it was up 3.8% yesterday, up 1.1% overnight. Copper up 3.3%. Nickel up 3.06%. The iron ore price up another 2.33%. Coal price up 2.7%. BHP up 4.1% in the US. Rio up 2.2%. And this morning, BHP up 3% in our market. Rio up 2.5%. And those lithium stocks, by the way, still running. Mineral resources up 2.5%. 0.5% today. AKE, the old ORE, the old Oracobre, up 3.5% today. Pilbara Minerals up 1.5% today. What's not to love in the resources sector? So our market behaving today up 29. Futures said that we were supposed to be down three. So on the strategy front, pretty relaxed at the moment. We're back to worrying about interest rates on a daily basis, but that is normal, not precipitous. In fact, it's a bit of a yawn. Meanwhile, on the COVID front, I've put a chart in the spy section. Australian case numbers now becoming globally significant. There are only a few countries that have got more cases than Australia. And this This is not cases per 100, it is raw data, number of cases. The only countries with more cases than us are the US, France, Italy, Spain, England, which is coming off the top now, by the way. The US also for a day or two has come off the top. Argentina and Italy, the only other country with more cases than Australia. Not that it seems to matter in the stock market anymore. Other things, we've got the US results season starting 
The guys have done a US reporting season calendar under the tools tab on the website for those interested. All you really need to know is that on Friday night, not tonight, tonight's Thursday night in the US, but on Friday night, JP Morgan, Wells Fargo, Citigroup, and then next week, Goldman Sachs on Tuesday, and then some of the tech stocks start reporting got Netflix on Thursday, Morgan Stanley on Wednesday. But into the US results season, the results season last year for the US, or has been recently, a positive for the market as a whole. Generally, the best companies, the biggest companies report first. And with technology and large investment banks leading the way, the results season started out pretty well each results season last year and is likely to do the same again. The investment banks have been living it up in a bull market and the tech stocks have been doing fabulously as well whilst COVID has continued to hang around. So it should be a good results season. Earnings growth last year was a heady 50%, but of course that was compared to the year before, which was 2020 in the middle of the pandemic. So expected to see a big earnings rebound. This year, more sober earnings expected to be up 8.6% on the calendar year. Also worth noting that earnings need to be fairly strong because the PE on the US market is still elevated. The long-term average PE on the S&P 500 is 15 and a half times. It's currently 21.7 times. 21.7 times, we sort of take that for granted as, oh yeah, that's an okay PE. And I've said it before, but I'll say it again. 21.7 times is or relates to $39.91 trillion worth of stocks in the S&P 500. Say it's 21.7, historically it's 26 times. So there is 39. $9 trillion worth of companies in the S&P 500 in the US trading on a multiple of 26 times last year's post-tax earnings. Now I can tell you and anyone who owns a business can tell you that if you were to offer 26 times last year's earnings to any businessman in the world, they would smash the door down to accept that offer. And yet here we are with $39 trillion worth of companies trading on that PE multiple. It's astonishing stuff, really. Tends to feed the idea that one day the big one will come. But let's not worry about that until it does. As I say, long-term average, 15.5 times. Currently on about 30% more than the long-term average. But as I say, let's not worry about it. As I look up, I see these brain chip flying along again today, up 9%. Polynovo, down 5%, had its pop in the last couple of days, sobering up. Nickel stock's doing all right. IGO up another 3.6% today. Nickel Mines, NIC, up another 3.9% today. One day we're going to look back and realize that what we think is normal today was actually great. Resources are great at the moment. Right, in the portfolio section, I am adding to our BHP holdings. You'll probably read about BHP getting rid of its dual listed structure. That's to say it's listed in the UK and in Australia. They're going to get rid of the UK, not get rid of the UK listing, but they're going to turn the UK listing into a listing of the Australian shares. And consequently, BHP will become wholly Australian. And what that means is that whereas there's a discount factor of 63% around there in the indices, so BHP, if it's got a market cap of 100, they are, 
they only count 63 in the index. So that will go back to 100. Net result is the BHP weighting in the ASX 200 is around 63%. That will go up to 100. So the stock will go from around, the numbers are about the same, around 6.3% of the ASX 200, it'll go to 9.8%, somewhere around there. That means all the exchange-traded funds that are geared to, or any passive fund, or any fund manager who is index-aware, is going to have to increase their holding in BHP. It also means all the UK or international exchange-traded funds that look at the UK index are going to have to get rid of their BHP. And what are the implications of all that? As I've written today, I'll be buggered if I can work it out what it's going to do in the short term. But what I do know is in Australia, the fund managers are going to have to be upping their holdings in BHP by around 50%. In other words, if it's 6.3% of the index now and it's going to be 9.8%, they have to buy about 50% more stock. And I do keep an eye on the market weightings. I don't want to be underweight BHP, so I'm going to be adding to our... We've got plenty of cash, 14% cash in the Forever portfolio or Fufu portfolio. And... 10% cash in the income portfolio. So I'm going to be adding to our holdings in BHP so that I'm not underweight. The assumption is that this dual listed structure, there is a vote next week, but you've got to assume that the vote will go through. There are some institutions objecting, but let's not worry too much. This is a red herring for long-term investors. Whatever the wash-up is in the short term of who buys and sells stock and what it does to the share price, it doesn't change BHP as an investment. It'll just wash through. But BHP will become a bigger stock in the Australian indices, assuming it goes through, in which case I'm happy to, whilst it's in uptrend as well, to add to our BHP holding. Plus the iron ore price trending in the right direction, the share price trending in the right direction. So happy to add to the holding happy to add despite this index shenanigans i'm running into the results as well in the income portfolio we probably need to be slightly higher weighted than our current 3.6 percent right sticking with iron ore for a moment you might notice and i've put the broker stuff in the strategy piece today you might notice the city group downgrade in fortescue metals downgraded to a sell from neutral average target price 20% below the current share price the average target price is 20% below the current share price at the moment Citigroup's target price 17% below the current share price with a sell recommendation I would just ignore it the value of Fortescue is dictated by the iron ore price which changes daily and the brokers have no edge on guessing where that's going to go next the key to iron ore stocks is to pick the big pivot points at the top and the bottom and at the moment it's still trending firmly higher Fortescue that is and BHP and Rhea and it's irrelevant that City downgrades and they have downgraded because of a valuation gap which is all very well but sorry you have to ask what is your iron ore price forecast or assumption and are you right nobody knows the answer to that telling us that FMG is now at a material premium to a DCF-based NAV calculation doesn't mean anything to me because a DCF-based NAV calculation doesn't apply or it changes daily depending on what your input is. So I would just ignore a downgrade in FMG. I saw earlier this week it dropped. FMG dropped a couple of percent when the rest of the market was going up. 
That was probably why, as I say, FMG is a trade on the big pivot points in the iron ore price. Nothing else. Ignore what the brokers are saying. They don't know any more than you or I. And as you'll see from the chart, it's still going firmly higher at the moment. Other little note, Telstra ripping into results. Results are on February the 17th. Tom recently wrote a buy, hold, sell. There's a link to that in the strategy piece today, or sorry, the spy section today. Right, ideas. We added APT and XRO yesterday as tech trades on the expectation that the or the hope that the interest rate paranoia had been overdone. That certainly seems to be the case, judging from that CPI number last night. Although neither XRO and APT are in the money at the moment. We haven't had a very good run in this ideas trading section. Short term is not easy. And Domino's, I should have sold Domino's obviously in hindsight. Before the holiday, it was bought and held as a Omicron trade. It's now down 18% from the high. I'm afraid I just have to sell it. Have a look at the chart in the strategy piece today. It's broken the big uptrend. It's looking ugly. And the Omicron fears are going away, not getting worse. Got to sell it, I'm afraid. I've also put in the watch list today and realized that I might be better in this ideas section just retaining this watch list in a more active form. At the moment, I've been coming up with ideas and then forgetting about them. Probably better if I made this the centerpiece. We added MFG to the watch list yesterday. That was simply a recognition that it's heavily oversold and in a sentiment hole, but it will be slow coming out of that sentiment hole. It's got to be said, funds management confidence takes a long time to rebuild. And I need to add dates and prices when added to this watch list. So I will get this watch list working a bit better for us. There have been some good ideas in there. One I'm still kicking myself about is not actually buying Playside Studios, PLY. For compliance reasons, I have to ask permission to buy stocks. And remember putting in a request to buy PLY at 56 cents. It's now 107. I never bought it because it shot off on the day that I put in the request. But one I do hold, EGL. I put a link to their full year presentation. EGL Environmental Group. Unfortunately, I'm afraid it's already shot off. But this is the Tox Free Solutions CEO or ex-CEO. Jason Dixon is looking to do it again. And he joined EGL in January, was it last year? I've also got a friend who works in or works for a family office who writes research. He picked up on EGL last year. And I noticed a substantial shareholder, Capital H, added to their holding just recently. Anyway, EGL, worth a look. Have a look at their presentation. Lots of turnover. Lots of potential to make profit, but not a lot of profit at the moment. But the upside here is clearing up wastewater. There is a lot of it about. The demand is huge. There are all sorts of sites around Australia that need cleaning up. Their technology does that in a particular way. Do your research. Small risky. But for those of you that do do research, you might have a look at that. Right, that's about it today. Not too much going on. Comfortable with the market. 
resources the focus we're up 35 Dow futures up 14 as I leave you bit of a fall in sonic healthcare today going from the record high coming down to the bottom of the trading range might have to have a look at that again at some point lithium theme still strong I asked for post-it notes for 2022 from members I can't tell you how many said lithium more lithium and then more lithium and graphite anyway you can see the theme that's working at the moment long may it continue okay you have a fabulous day i'll be back with the weekend email you are in my colleagues hands tomorrow speak to you soon (laughs) 